0: It has the same love for each other and love for God that we have here today. Amen. And that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about building a building. We're talking about growing a family. Amen. That's why we're here today. Well, it is my honor and privilege, and to get away from the big words, I kind of like it, too. <laughs> to introduce a dear friend of mine and also of Son of David's congregation, Pastor Kevin McGee. He is the founding pastor of Bethany Community Church in Montgomery County, Maryland. The problem is, if you miss the congregation by about 100 yards, you're in Prince George's (laughs) County, Maryland.
1: It has an amazing ministry
0: to the deaf, which I find not only interesting, but absolutely beautiful and wonderful. But he now has a new hat that he wears. He is the Director of U.S. Engagement for Converge Ministry, and I believe you'll speak a little bit about that uh, today. He is a friend of Son of David, and so I ask you to welcome, with a warm welcome, my friend, Kevin McGee.
2: You know, Dennis gets choked up every Sunday over a song, but usually it's Neil of the Redskins. Yeah. <laughs> so when uh, when your congregational leader called me a month or two ago and asked me if I would do this, I it took me about six nanoseconds to say yes. I'm just so excited to be with you on this historic. I'm really honored to be asked to be here. Um, My journey with Son of David actually goes way back longer than the vast majority of you. Um, I met Scott Brown about 28 or 29 years ago. Um, We started to have lunch with each other. and. I remember visiting him for the first time at First Baptist Church in Wheaton and uh, I think the congregation was meeting there and, and we hung out together and, and uh, did a couple of things. Uh, soon thereafter, he invited my wife and I. My wife, by the way, if you have never met uh, my wife, Ann, she's way better at ministry than I am. And I always say that people think I'm being polite until they find out that I'm not. She really is way better at ministry than me. But anyway, God invited us to come and, and lead a seminar. Uh, about how to meet people with a purpose, to meet new people so that you could lead them to faith in Yeshua. And we held that seminar, I remember, at the Montgomery Community Church. And uh, that changed mm-hmm. names to Montgomery Evangelical Free. And I don't know if it's changed names since, but Rock anyway. Creek Church. What is it? Rock Creek Church. Rock Creek Church, Church. OK. No, so on my cell lives on Rock Creek. Anyway, it's totally yeah. different. <laughs> um, and then, you know, some years passed. Actually, I, I missed a part of the story, a really important part of the story. I remember Scott coming to lunch at the Laurel Mall, and he said, this really brilliant Jewish business guy had just come to faith. His name was Dennis Karp. And uh, that was like you know, 700 years ago, I think. And uh, so fast forward, a um, beloved person to your congregation passed away and uh, needed a big place to hold a funeral service. And so that service was in our building, Bethany Community Church, and that's where Dennis and I really clicked. I mean, that's when we really got to know each other, as we shared in that moment. And then it wasn't long after that, that Dennis and Tina and Anne and I got to to lead a tour to Israel together. So we walked the land together. And uh, it doesn't get any better than that. And um, God really met us in a powerful way with a storm on the Sea of Galilee. We were talking about it at our table earlier today. It was one of the greatest days of our lives. At least for me, it was. And um, I I would point out then that that, uh, you guys have been kind enough to let me come and speak to you several times here over the last few years. It's been good to be with you. And that's all taking place at Wheaton Community Church. And uh, so um, I've also visited you in at least two different offices in Rockville and in the basement of uh, one of your beautiful homes. Uh, Is that family here? No. Okay. So anyway, um, so you guys have been around (laughs) a lot. And um, so I I went to your website to to prepare for today. And if you look at your core values, um, the number one of those, it says, I'm going to read it to you. It says, Jewish evangelism, by presenting the gospel in a culturally Jewish context, we seek to reach Jewish friends, relatives, and neighbors with the message of salvation. And then two verses are quoted, Romans 1.16 and 1 Corinthians 9, 19, and 20. Let me, in, in just real quick fashion, tell you what I just said to you a moment ago about our story together. I saw Scott at First Baptist Church. I saw Scott and Margie at Montgomery Community Church. I saw you guys recently at Community Church. Do you hear a problem in that? Yes. Yeah. You're trying to reach culturally Jewish people by inviting them to church. And and, and that's an uphill climb. And so what your congregational leader, what Rabbi Dennis just said, it's time. It's time for a culturally Jewish place, and for all of the reasons that we've talked about so many times before. One of those verses that was listed in that website that you all have. The Apostle Paul, we call him Rabbi Paul. We call him whatever you want. He said, for though I'm free for all men, I've made myself a slave to all that I might win more. And so to the Jews, I became a Jew so that I might win Jews. And to those who are under the law, and so on, he goes. At the center of who you have been called to be. Another passage that I talk about all the time in my new line of work is Ephesians 2, verse 10. Uh, Paul wrote his letter to the Ephesians uh, to a congregation, not just individuals. We often look at Ephesians 2 8 and 9. In fact, I hope you all have those verses memorized. We often look at those two verses as salvation verses, and I use them for that all the time. But the next verse, verse 10, says that, that we're his workmanship created through the Messiah to do good works, listen, that he's prepared in advance for us to do, that we might walk in them. I believe that God has prepared important work in advance for you all to do, listen, together, that you might walk into this new season. And so I love you're going to get a whole bunch of stuff before we're done today. You're going to get a whole bunch of stuff. But I love this theme that there's one Messiah and, and that he is the Savior of all people. And so that original temple... That original temple was to be a house of prayer for all of the nations. Dennis said I might mention my new rule. You see, the other verse that's listed on your website as the core of this congregation is Romans 1, verse 16. I imagine many of you have it memorized. If you don't, please do. Right? You should know this one. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. What's the next part? To the Jew first, and then to the truth first. To the Gentiles. Okay, so here's the way this is going to work. You guys take care of the Jews, I'll take care of everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly, but kind of. You see, my new role, we have 1,300 congregations across America and thousands more around the world. 7,500 new churches planted in Nepal last year. Wow. Think about that for a minute. Okay. So the, the, the vision of, of my new work, we're asking God for a gospel movement. A lot of you have heard this before if you were at my last sermon at Son of David. We're asking God for a gospel movement among every least reached people in our generation. You see, he's coming back soon. He said in Matthew 24, verse 14, that he would be back once we got the gospel preached to every nation, people, tongue, and tribe. We're getting close. There's about 1,000, just under 1,000, unengaged, unreached people groups in the world. And by the end of December, we expect to have a mission agency or a congregation adopting every single one of them. Which means in the next five years, that number will go from 1,000 to zero, we believe. And so uh, it's time to get ready. It's time to get it done. And so we welcome your help in reaching the nations for Christ. We really do welcome your help in that. But I'm here this morning to ask you guys to keep your eye on the ball. Because you have a particular calling to reach at least reach people right here. And that's the Jewish people of the National Capital area. So at the end of my message today, I'm going to challenge you to give a lot more than you came into the room thinking you might give. Um, because God will enable you to do that if you allow him to. Um, and I'm going to ask you to do that not for yourselves, um, but for the sake of those pre-believing Jewish people. are out there. My theme this morning is simply this, that the urgency of the gospel demands a generous, wholehearted response. Um, But since Dennis said I could have at least 20 minutes, I want to do something else first. I'm going to tell you what I think the king of the universe is up to. I want to tell you three things that I think he's going to do in your congregation that this is like the icing on the cake. These are great things that I think are going to happen in Son of David congregation that are not actually the reason you're having this campaign. Okay? And so the first of those, Dennis said he doesn't like buildings all that much. Me too. Um, But you see, I think God wants to create, listen, a sacred space for your congregation and those that the Messiah will draw to himself. Dennis already alluded to this, how God is an architect. I mean, a lot of times we skip over those passages where he gives all the details of the tabernacle and all the details of the temple. Um, But God has always been in the business of creating sacred spaces for his people. Now, his people then mess it up, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, (laughs) a, a Jewish cultural context, I think, kind of demands a sacred space. Think about
1: the tabernacle.
2: When we were in Israel the last time, we we got to go to Shiloh, where the tabernacle rested for for generations. It was a powerful moment. Then was the temple in all of its various iterations. uh, even to this day around the world, you find not only modern synagogues, but ancient ones. You find Jewish cemeteries that have been there for generations. And when the enemy of our soul begins to raise up anti-Semitism, what often happens? Those sacred places are destroyed. I just read in the news this week how they took an ancient Jewish cemetery and turned it into a soccer field. in And where? the psalmist wrote about going up to the temple send forth your light and your truth this is Psalm 43 let them guide me let them listen bring me to your holy mountain to the place where you dwell but Jerusalem was a sacred space a sacred place it will always be verse 4 says I will go to the altar of God to God my joy and my delight I will praise you with the heart O oh God, my God. So why are you downcast, O oh my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior, and my God, in that place. You know, in churches, we call the big room in a church. What do you call that room? Sanctuary. 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 Son of David, it's time to make a sanctuary. It's time to build a sanctuary. Sanctuary. The pre-believing Jewish people can come to that place. It will look Jewish. It will feel Jewish. It will be all kinds of Jewish. And they'll meet Messiah there. But they'll feel at home there. They'll feel safe there. When they come to my church, and we have some Jewish folks that come to my church, they see a mezuzah on the door. Scott gave it to us. We put it up right away. But it doesn't look Jewish. It doesn't feel Jewish. we got crosses hanging all over the place. This will be different. To create a distinctly Jewish space dedicated to the Messiah will provide a place of peace, a place of refuge, a place of sanctuary for people who are far from God. And I think that's really important. But I want to warn you about something. When when Jesus was transfigured on the mountaintop, what did the early Jewish disciples want to do right there? They wanted to build three tents, right? They wanted to build a sacred space, and he stopped them because as, as Dennis has already said, this actually isn't about the building. Here's the warning I want to give you. I had put some PowerPoint together, but we decided not to use it. We built a beautiful building, 24,000 square feet on 24 acres. And we said as we were building that building, we are not going to fight over the color of the carpet. We'd heard stories about that. We've heard people fighting over whether the doors would swing in or out in the foyer. You know, We were not going to fight over those things. So, we ended up fighting over the color of the columns in the sanctuary. <laughs> should they be black or should they be white? Almost split the church.
1: No.
2: I want to tell you, friends, the reason I think that is asking me is because we screwed this up so bad that we <laughs> want to like, give you our lessons. Later. We'll take it. I want to tell you, from the bottom of my heart, do not let that happen. Sorry. So, here's what I'm asking you. Over time, your leaders will appoint some kind of a committee to design the aesthetics of the building. I don't care if they paint it in ravens' colors or whatever. I don't care. I'm a Steelers fan, just so you know. Um, I don't care whether you wish it was pink and it's green. I don't care if it's pastel or whatever. Look, they're going to create a distinctly Jewish place. Mm -hmm. And it might not be exactly the way you would have created a distinctly Jewish place. But I I, uh, implore you. uh, Support their decisions. Mm -hmm. Just fight more for your unity than your preference. Mm -hmm. It's so important. Mm -hmm. Take it from one who could show you his scars. Mm -hmm. We lost a third of our people a few years after we built our building. Mm -hmm. So hear me today. God is calling you to create a sacred refuge. It won't be a refuge if you're fighting with each other no. over what kind of chairs you should have or what kind of carpet or lighting or sound system or any of that nonsense. Those things just don't matter that much. Okay, So God's going to help you to create a sacred space. And as you go on that journey of creating that sacred space, the second thing I want to tell you is I think he can help you to create deeper community so that your love for each other will shine all the more brightly. You see, your faith is going to be tested through the course of this journey. The fire marshal will drive you nuts. I promise you there's going to be all kinds of things that are going to happen. It's just the way it goes. Those will be opportunities for you to come together to learn to love each other more. You know, when the when the early believers were uh, in what churches we often call the early church, right? But really, it was a messy congregation, right? That was what the first group was. Uh, uh, we often go to Acts chapter 2, and I, again, I'm sure this this is familiar to you. In, in Acts chapter 2, it says that every day they continued to meet together in the temple, right? So that means they had a 24-7 facility. <laughs> And you're about to have that for the first time in your almost 30-year history. Amen. Around the clock, you could go there anytime you want to pray. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they would do that, and then it says they would break bread in their homes and eat together. Mm-hmm. And you guys eat together every week, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and they would, enjoy, you know, praise God and enjoy the favor of all the people, and, and God added to their number. But they did it together. And we encourage you that this process can bring you together in fresh ways, in ways that you hadn't thought of before. As you build it and then as you enjoy it, be strategic about about investing in one another's lives. You know, your congregation is a lot like mine, since we have that deaf congregation. We have people that drive great distances. Mm. And so to not have to go home and back and to have a place that you can have around the clock is, is actually very helpful. But I want to tell you one other thing that has come true for us. Even as you're building community, we'll call that small C community, I believe that God will enable you to engage the greater capital C community that's around where the facility is located. So in the course of the next couple of years, for the first time ever, Son of David will be able to host a homeless shelter for a week in the winter if you choose to do something like that. Um, In our story, we've been able to host the local elementary school drama club when they got kicked out by the snow, right? The schools were all shut down, but they needed to practice. So they called us and said, can we meet in your building? Yes, of course. When the Civic Association, you know, they showed up one night at the community center that they were supposed to meet, and it was locked. They knew to call us. Oh, we got a room. Come over. The Cub Scouts meet at our place. Uh, Support groups meet at our place. Open your building to the community, and God will do amazing things. Let me tell you this great story, and uh, don't tell anybody else I told it. Okay, so here's the thing. There's this lady, when we were building our building, who was a leader in the local Civic Association, and she was me. I mean, me. right? A lot of people opposed us building our building. They thought, oh, you know, this big church is going to come in. We're not that big. You know, we're going to destroy traffic on Sunday morning. I'm like, have you looked at how many people are actually out on the road Sunday morning? We don't have any traffic jams. We long for traffic jams. We don't have any. Anyway, so she was just against everything, and she said a lot of really mean and hurtful things. To me in a public meeting, and one of my members was sitting right behind her, and he's this great big guy, and I thought he was at one point going to maybe like snap her neck a little bit. But anyway, so so now fast forward about eight, nine, ten years, she came to meet me in my office because she wanted to give us five thousand dollars for our business. All right in her ministry in the local public schools. But hear me. She's Jewish, what? and an agnostic. <laughs> and she said, Kevin, I'd come to your church if I wasn't an agnostic.
1: <laughs>
2: as you engage and build your community, as you love well, it will reverberate in a very lonely place. People are lonely. <clears throat> People don't have community here. They don't know their neighbors. <clears throat> as you begin to open your new facility to your neighbors, as the Cub Scouts come by, whoever it is, and you just watch for those opportunities, and God will give you an opportunity that right now you can't even imagine. I never dreamed that this lady would become a friend. But she's a friend now. And uh, and, and we're obviously praying for her salvation. Okay, one last little really good thing that I think God's about to do. I think God's about to create in Son of David congregation a culture of generosity that will keep your hearts so- soft and your lives in a place of blessing. You see, in this moment and then in the next six weeks, your faith is going to be tested and stretched and ultimately strengthened. And let me give you a new God doesn't need your money. This isn't about your money. Right? I mean if God wanted to, he could just have the building appear tomorrow. He spoke the universe into being. He gave us twenty four acres for free. We for years said, look, God doesn't need our money. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. We just feel like the land was returned to us rightful owner.
1: That's
2: right. (laughs) God doesn't need your money. But he wants your heart. And he wants all of it. And so many of the scriptures talk about this. Jesus talked about it all the time. In Exodus, the people's hearts that had become hardened were turned back to God when they built the tabernacle. To the point in Exodus 36 where Moses had to give an order to restrain the people from bringing any more. Dennis is prepared to do that. (laughs) Once you exceed all of the goals, he'll tell you to stop. I don't think so. But that can—I ha- mean—that could happen if you give all of your hearts to the one who's gave, given everything for you. Dennis uh, had that good joke. It's an old one about tithe If you love Jesus, and that comes from Malachi chapter three. It's a very interesting passage. You know, preachers love it because it—you know improves the bottom line. But—but but it, it's really not about the bottom line at all, is it? Because God didn't need their money. He was mad that they were forsaking their marriages. He was mad that they were forsaking their, their duties to him. But mostly, he was mad that they had turned their hearts from him. And so what God's up to here is inviting you to give your hearts in a fresh way, fully to him. That's a place of blessing. That's a place where you experience his goodness in new ways. And so Second Corinthians, Paul said, each one should do as he's purposed in his heart. Not grudgingly or under compulsion, but Amen. God loves a cheerful giver. Those of you who rise to the challenge will discover that God's provision is amazing. At the end of the campaign, you'll be more generous of spirit. Yes, you'll have given money, but your faith will be deeper. You'll be stronger in the face of the storms that inevitably come. And here's what I think is the greatest thing. Your love for each other, and I'm talking about in your families, and in this family, will be deeper too. I don't have time to do the exegesis today, but Jesus talked a lot about this. He talked about your eye as the lamp sort of of generosity, and there's a lot of stuff that if we had time today, I'd talk about it with you. But but if, if you allow your heart to be moved by this thing, this campaign, towards generosity, you will love better. Who doesn't want to do that? Okay, so, well, that's really good background. I have one more thing to say to you. You see, there's three wonderful benefits that I've just laid out for you. Sacred space, deeper community, greater love. And that's not why you should build this building. Can I take you back to where we started? Son of David is uniquely called to present the gospel in a culturally Jewish context. We seek to reach Jewish friends and relatives and neighbors with the message of salvation. I'm going to ask you to rewrite that. I'm going to ask you to aim even higher. From the vision statement that I've come to love, I'm going to ask you to change yours to sound something like this. We're asking God for a gospel movement among the Jewish people in America and around the world. What if it started here? What if revival among the Jewish people started right here in a place where there's so many of them? Okay, I know New York City has more, but come on, we got a lot. For the first time in history, well, in 2,000 years, more than half of all Jewish people have returned to the land. But most of the rest are here. When you do the math, D.C. and up through New York City, there's millions of Jewish people who don't know the Messiah yet. Would you join me today in asking God for a gospel movement among the Jewish people? From Maryland, up through New Jersey, and up into New York City. I can't imagine that God isn't just sitting up in heaven waiting to say yes to to those prayers. You see, listen, we live in troubling times for Jewish people. Many of you know this way better than I do. It's true here in the U.S., is true around the world. On the bright side, we see prophecy being fulfilled before our eyes. I heard your, your your rabbi speak of this on the on the Mount of Olives when he talked to us from Ezekiel chapter 37. You you can look around in Israel and, and see prophecy being fulfilled before our eyes as, as so many tens of thousands make Aliyah, but why are they doing that? <laughs> because anti-Semitism is on the rise. And why are so many people flocking out of Europe and out of South America and out of Asia and back to the land? Because the enemy of our souls is, again, raising up hatred on a global scale towards the chosen people. Anti-Semitism is on the rise. And uh, I'm a student of prophecy, and I would tell you that the time of Jacob's trouble, the Great Tribulation, may soon be here. As I preached the last time we were together, I don't know how many of you remember that, but I told you that there's three reasons to believe that the Messiah is coming soon, and one of those is that we see truth declining while technology is accelerating, and and that is setting the stage for the Antichrist. As As it has happened so many times before, from Haman to Hitler to the Ayatollahs today, the enemy of our souls as the Jewish people in the center of this bullseye. And so, in the first century, Rabbi Paul, that us church time of going people call Apostle Paul, said, I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Messiah for the sake of my brothers, those of my own race, the people of Israel. Dear ones, is your heart breaking for lost Jewish people today? If your heart is breaking for lost Jewish people today, then then your singular response must be to see this congregation do whatever it needs to do to reach them And now is the time for you to have a sacred sanctuary for them to come to. I don't know what you were doing exactly one week ago from this moment, but I know what I was doing. I had raced to the hospice where one of my dearest friends in all the world had just passed away. Mm -hmm. As I don't know if you've even heard this, Jean, our office manager, died last Sunday. Mm -hmm. She had come to our first Bible study. She had been my personal executive assistant for all 32 years of my ministry. And two weeks ago, Monday, my wife and her daughter found her on the floor of her bedroom unconscious. And she lingered in that state for a week. And I tell you this sad story to say, you know, during that week, we would have done anything. You know, does she need a kidney? I'll give her one. Mine currently has an extra stone in it, but besides that, you know. <laughs> you know, could a blood drive help her? We would have done anything to give her life. And that's what I'm asking you to do today. I'm asking you to do whatever it takes to bring life to the Jewish people of the National Capital Region. Because the situation is no less desperate for them than it was for my friend Jean. Jean has now graduated into glory. She's got no problems. In fact, one of her favorite lines is, are we having fun yet? She's having plenty. The rest of us, not so much, because we miss her. But I want to challenge you to do whatever it takes. And so um, you've heard a verse already. And I want to use it and paint the contrast. If you look at the history of the Jewish people, when it was time to build, sometimes they responded really well, right? Moses had to restrain them from bringing any more. I love in Nehemiah, in Nehemiah I, I just so love that passage. In fact, I want to challenge you, be like the people in the days of Nehemiah. They were under under fierce persecution. So they had one hand on their sword with the other hand on the trowel, like laying the bricks, right? They, they had to watch each other's backs and all that. Uh, in, in Nehemiah. in um, it's like 4 verse 6. It says that they, they built the wall to half it. Yeah, four, Nehemiah 4 verse 6. So we built the wall till it reached half its height, for the people work with all their heart. That's your challenge, son of David. Work at this with all of your heart. The alternative, Haggai, Haggai, people pronounce it lots of different ways. The word of the Lord came to the prophet. Is it time for you yourselves to be living in your panel houses while this house remains in ruin? Now, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give, give careful thought to your ways. What you'll hear over the rest of our time together today and then over the next six weeks is that you actually can give far more generously than you think. Um, there's all kinds of ways to find extra money. I have homeless friends who give regularly. I speak in a maximum security prison. Three of the inmate prisoners in there now tithe to my new missionary. They're serving life sentences. Their tithes are like $18 a month. God will enable you to do abundantly beyond what you ask for faith, the scriptures tell us. So let me close. What I would ask is that you remember that God's at work. He's going to do some amazing stuff. Over these next couple, three years, as this building gets built, (coughs) you'll have this sacred space that you can proudly invite Jewish people to come to. Your community can go deeper. Your heart can go larger. And all those things are beautiful. But our north star, our guiding thing, must be asking God for a gospel movement among the Jewish people of the National Capital Region. Amen. Amen. Let it start with us. Let it start here. Let it start now, because it won't be long until it will be too late for too many. Let me pray for you in this congregation now. Lord, thanks for this privilege that we have to be together on this beautiful day, on this momentous day in the history of this congregation that you know. And so God, I remember an old joke from an Irish priest who said, all the money we need for the building is already provided, but it's still in our checkbooks." God, would you now enable every person in this room and those that they need to talk to outside of this room to simply hear from you, to simply respond to the important work that you've prepared in advance for them to do, and then to reconfigure their family budgets reach into their savings, do whatever it is that you would cause them to do, that every single need for this new ministry center would be provided. God, I would even pray that you would provide in surprising, unusual ways so that everyone in the room will know that that money came from you. I think of my friend, the Jewish agnostic hostile neighbor who gave us $5,000 for homeless people. Lord, you can turn the hearts And so we invite you to turn our hearts this day towards those things that you prepared in advance for us to do. And Lord, in a a few years when the building is dedicated, we pray that 100% of the credit, 100% of the glory for that moment will go to the Messiah who died for us. And we pray this in His power. Amen.
0: We have a couple of uh, video uh, testimonies we'd like to present to you. The lights are going to be dimmed, and we're going to get the microphone over near the less powerful speakers of the economy projector the son of David owns. Um, and please enjoy these testimonies. Lens cover. Lens cover. <laughs> it was a piece of paper
1: economy. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> Who, Dad?
1: Oh, <laughs> I can't see. Hey. i don't want to block you guys <Yeah> pool oh.
3: So naturally, he suggested Son of David, since that's all he knew. Um, my background is Catholic and non denominational Christian. So I don't know what to expect. And I walk in and I remember seeing people dancing. And I thought, what is happening? Yeah, too, <laughs> and people coming up to me and welcoming me. And I felt this warmth, even though I felt extremely out of place at first. Um, I felt like some kind of culture shock. Like I, was, I I didn't know what to make of everything that was going on. But um, I liked it from the moment I walked in.
4: That's when we really got plugged in. We started attending yeah. Sunday. We started serving in different ways. And then we started teaching the young kids. Um, one thing that really impacted me is kids are so bold. I think more bold than adults. And you know, one of the kids was sharing about how something happened at school, I think it was on the playground. Yeah. A kid wasn't feeling well, or I think a family member passed away. The student, I don't know, the student in our class asked if they could pray for the student right there on the playground. It was just a simple prayer, like pray for your grandma and pray that you feel better in Jesus' name. And, and how the student
3: said, I feel better already. Yeah. It's amazing to get a peek into the mind of a child of their innocence and how they make sense of um, biblical things in their mind in a way that they can understand, and in a way that they can explain it to each other. Because we were talking about the parasha portion and I was like, can anyone explain it to me? And he was so excited to like... And then the bad guys and God exploded them. <laughs> <laughs> the devil had a go down <laughs> yeah. on earth. And, and the, you know, besides all the gory details, he was pretty accurate <laughs> <laughs> in the sequence of events. So that was really funny and sweet.
1: <laughs>
3: I definitely want to give a shout out to our congregational leader, Dennis, because he was always um, very involved in our lives and knew where that our heart um, was for ministry. And uh, sometimes... we get caught up in these seasons of life right now, we have two small children, and I specifically remember Dennis, he wrote us, and he said, I'm inviting myself over to your house, Um, and it was like a Thursday, and he came, and he's like, you're probably wondering why I'm here, (laughs) and I was, and I think Toby was too, and it was pretty much to give us a push and say, what are you doing to take, if you want to be in full-time ministry, what are you doing to make that happen? And it was a huge reality check for us in that moment because we weren't doing anything. Mm -hmm. And it really caused us to be more active and that's where Toby's enrolled in um, his first graduate class. So I actually have given a lot of thought to the building project. The building itself would align perfectly with our vision and values and mission as a congregation and be able to really implement the things that we believe in as a congregation that we haven't been able to because we're restricted in time and location. And um, one way is like doing Shabbat dinners. That's something that I know that I've heard Dennis speak about and we've all talked about at the ministry meetings. We would love to do like a corporate Shabbat dinners and have it open and in a place that's safe where we can invite friends and people who are not believers yet um, to come and, and break bread together. I think definitely is important for
4: people to be involved in different ways and definitely prayerfully. Second, financially, the building is not cheap. And I can say based off our experience you know giving when we've given the lord has blessed us and that's not why we give. but i can say that there was a time where you know money was definitely tight but we saw the importance of giving to our local congregation and it was one one month where we had enough to pay for the mortgage and we were like man it's gonna be tough to to give like if we give like, give our tithe, it's gonna be tough. But uh, we definitely
1: wanted to walk by faith, and so we gave our tithe first.
4: And within a couple of days, I just got a phone call from someone saying they needed help moving, if I could help them move some stuff in the house. And I went and helped them, and they paid me some money. And it was exactly enough to cover what we needed for our needs to pay for that month. That was definitely one of those moments in my walk with the Lord. That was such a faith building to show that, you know, He's in control. He knows our needs. And just, there's blessing in you. So definitely, perfectly consider partnering with something, contributing spiritually and financially to the building. Support
3: the building! <laughs> <laughs> okay,
4: so David, that's that conversation I've been sharing the love of the Lord in the Washington for over 25 years. Our new property is situated on Norbeck Road with easy access to the ICC and sits right next door to Leisure World and a huge, brand new neighborhood. As we raise the funds to break ground on our new building, we ask that you prayerfully consider donating to this project so we can continue to live out the calling that the Lord has for us in the Silver Spring and wider Washington, D.C. metro area.
5: school all the way to um, high school. I had Hebrew studies in the morning, and English studies at night, in, in the late afternoon. And then sometimes you know, it would flip. So then the next day, I would have English studies first, and then Hebrew studies after lunch. I remember um, a, a teacher that I had, his name was Rabbi Shlush.
1: He was really a
5: taskmaster. He really you know, made us study Chumash, and he made us study Torah, and Talmud, and Mishnah. And he was, I remember looking at him every morning, when we had Hebrew studies first thing in the morning, one of the things that, that we did in class is we would, we would all daven Shachari. we would say prayers for the morning service. So I remember that we were, we were standing there and we were saying um, uh, some of the prayers and I was standing at my desk, and I remember I looked up at him and he, he had laid tefillin, he had the tefillin on, and I remember seeing him davening, and he really was concentrating. And it was like he really loved what he was saying and he just really persevered and he he wanted he wanted hashem to hear his prayers and i remember as a little girl in sixth grade that i saw that and and i found that it was just so enlightening to me that i wanted to do that i wanted to have that so when i went away to college um, a woman told me that Jews can believe in Jesus, but we don't call him Jesus, we call him Yeshua. And that started to make sense to me, and it was almost like giving me permission. I secretly started attending a Messianic congregation when I was in college, and um, I accepted the Lord. But I didn't tell my parents, because I knew it would, it would shatter them, it would shatter their lives. So for a couple of years, I did not tell them. But then it came time for me to graduate, and I graduated from school in St. Louis, and then I moved back to Atlanta for a couple of months, and I moved here to Washington, D.C. to go to graduate school. And it was then that my parents were going through my room, and they found (laughs) a letter that talked about how I come to know the Lord and all this other stuff. Uh, I was was getting my master's degree in music, so I was playing the piano a lot. Um, My parents would show up here in the D.C. area and say, "Mom, we're going to go see this person, we're going to go see that person. And so, um, for the first time, I saw my father really broken, and I saw him cry. I mean, he sat in my living room in the apartment that they paid for every month, and he cried, and he said, you know, after all that we've given to you, and after all that we've taught you, you know, why are you doing this to us? How could you do this to us? It really broke my heart, but it was... The truth. Son of David is a it's a messianic congregation. We are made up of Jews and non-Jews from all parts of the world. But the one thing that we have in common is that we all love the Lord. We all love Yeshua. The first two or three weeks that I came to Son of David, they were very powerful for me because I had been deeply wounded. I knew that this was a safe place for me, that no one was going to hurt me, that no one was out to get me, um, and that I could just be myself. Whether I'm Jewish or not Jewish, it just didn't make any difference at all. I'm, I'm a human being, and um, and that's how I was treated. I was treated with, with um, respect and, and um, you know, it, just as if anybody who would come off the street would be treated. The building fund is uh, something that we really need. <laughs> we do need this building. Um, how wonderful it would be to have a place where uh, we could study Torah, we could study mm-hmm. um, the Brut HaDashah, the New Testament. It's also a place where we could have dance, uh, Israeli dance, for people of all ages. We could have different classes. We could also have a sisterhood wherein we would do something weekly instead of just monthly in a small little house that's been beaten up. The location of our building is in a prime location in Montgomery County. It will give us a a chance to do some outreach. Please support the building fund. We need to build this building in the name of Yeshua. (laughs)
0: I'm not the best in doing things that Dana's really good at doing. I'm into brick and mortise. Oh, let's build this place. <laughs> Zach, thanks for help with the uh, video. Uh, and uh, while we can't thank Toby and Natalie, uh, they're up in New York. Would you please thank Hillary? Yeah. There's about 10 more testimonies uh, that you will see um, over the next six weeks. Um, There is a packet in the back. Looks like this. Uh, And I'm going to ask some people, um, please hand these packets out, one to a family. One to a family. And I'll wait until everybody gets one. One to a family. I'm not going to say wait till everybody gets Thanks, one because I know that's impossible. <laughs> but we will go over some of the things in this packet together. Is there anybody missing anything? Does each household have a packet? Does each household have a packet? Oh,
1: those
0: are different. Tina, not those yet, please. Oh, I already have Not
1: these? Too
0: late. Yep. Sorry. Them Hold them. Don't look at them. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like you to take out this piece first. You can see our theme: one in Messiah, building a house of prayer for all nations. Uh, Kevin, I appreciate your words about all nations, but you understand how significant this is for Son of David Congregation. Okay, I want everybody to stop looking at this for a minute. If you were born in North America, raise your hand. If you were born in South America, raise your hand. If you were born in Africa, raise your hand. If you were born in the Middle East, raise your hand. <laughs> That's twice. <laughs> if you were born somewhere else in the world, raise your hand. Paralena beale has been born more than once.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: we are, in fact, a congregation of all nations. And our desire is to build a house of prayer for all nations. If you please open it up. The inside cover is just my letter to you regarding this building campaign. I'm just going to read you the uh, first sentence and the last paragraph. You can read the rest at your leisure. Will you join me? Will you join me? Will you join me in my house as we commit, as stewards of God's grace, to give sacrificially of our time, skills, and treasure from what our master has provided? in order to accomplish this good work. The next page talks a little bit about our past and our present. Uh, I was reminded uh, that Son of David has now met at six different church facilities. That's not to mention the hotel room that it started as 28 (laughs) years ago as a Bible study. And I will remind you again of the four R's, which are our purpose in God's mission. Our purpose is to proclaim Messiah Yeshua in such a way as to reach the Jewish people of Montgomery County and beyond, raise up reproducing, fully functioning disciples, replicate small groups of caring, committed believers, relay a messianic vision to the next generation, and the one that got added this morning to be the starting point of a gospel movement among the unreached people group called the Jewish people, starting right here in the capital DC region. Amen? Amen. 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 It's a little bit here about our need, why the stewardship effort now. Uh, We've talked about this uh, before. Turn to the next page, please. I invite you at your leisure to read some of the testimonies that are here on this page. But I would like to read to you the one that is immediately below where it says, Testimonies of Transformed Lives. This is from the testimony of Scott and Margie Brown, who were the founding leaders of Son of David Congregation. Apart from marriage and parenting, nothing has launched our family towards spiritual maturity more powerfully than our involvement with SODC. For nearly two decades, we had the unspeakable privilege of growing alongside fellow believers who loved us, prayed for us, challenged us, and sharpened us. We will treasure those years for the rest of our lives. And again, you'll hear more testimonies over the next six weeks. The next page is called Onward. Forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Messiah Yeshua. What's our vision? Overall, we desire to plant permanent roots for Son of David congregation, so that we can better minister to our current attenders and also to those who will come to a new facility without limitations presented by rented meeting space. Studies show that when a congregation goes from rented space to a building of their own, their numbers increase by some 30% in just the first few years. What about our worship center? A sanctuary that is user-friendly to guests, especially Jewish seekers, can go a long way toward making for a place where hearing the word of God and the good news of Messiah are enhanced. And since we do not have to worry about scheduling space, we can even begin to have a Friday night of Shabbat service that will serve those who find it difficult to go to services on a Saturday morning. What about children's ministry? Well, for those of you who have children and or serve in the children's ministry, you know how important it is to have clean, open, and inviting classrooms for our young ones. Ministering to our kids is a vital part of who we are and what we do. Did you know? that most believers make a decision for a Messiah before their 18th birthday, we are to teach them diligently the word of God and the love of the Lord. Also, our youth, our teens, deserve to have their own special space. It needs to be both up to date and relevant to the world they find themselves in. A room of their own will make them feel even more a part of what we do and who we are. They are, after all, our future. And finally, just think of the opportunities for ministry that will present themselves when we have the use of our own building seven days a week. Seven days a week. The possibilities are endless, such as a once a month movie night for the neighborhood, a midweek adult Bible study, an early morning prayer meeting once each week, a midday mom's Bible study with child care. Are you getting excited yet? All this and more is possible and all for his glory." Well, let's talk about the financial goals of this campaign. Yeshua said, for which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it. The goal of this campaign is to raise money so that we can truly plant roots and grow a building of our own. We can then better reach, teach, and send more people with the good news. We believe that a kingdom need has a kingdom provision and that God will provide for his will to be done. Determining a congregation's building budget requires only four or fewer numbers. One, the money the congregation has that can be applied to the building program. Two, the money the congregation is able and willing to borrow. Three, the money it may realize from the sale of assets such as land or buildings. And four, the money it can raise between now and the end of construction, between now and the end of construction. In our case, we have no land or building to sell. So our budget is found by adding only three numbers together. First, we have on hand, available for a building program, a quarter of a million dollars. That's a good start. Amen? Amen. We also hope to have safe indebtedness via a secured first mortgage to the tune of a $1 million. That is a mortgage that we can afford when we rent space to a Sunday church. Boy, wouldn't that be a switch, huh? Instead of us renting space from a church, Mm -hmm. we have a church rent space from us. And then finally, we hope to have three-year proceeds from the capital campaign totaling $1 million. Now, I'll explain a little bit about where that $1 million comes from in just a moment. But I want to remind you again of the Michael Card concert. It is coming on December 15th, Saturday night at the Rockville High School. This concert is in an auditorium that will hold 700 people. It is both an evangelistic outreach as well as a benefit concert. It will be advertised on WAVA. It will be advertised on Shine FM to reach the Baltimore and Howard and Prince George's County networks. And as well, there will be some short spots on WFAX. Yours truly may even be interviewed by Don Crow on WAVA. So when you leave today, just touch my coattail so that you can say you know me. We hope to raise anywhere from $100,000 to $250,000 just from that concert. We will be selling sponsorships to the concert the sponsorships will start at two thousand dollars They will go up to twenty thousand dollars the top two sponsorships will be allowed to have a free Shabbat evening meal with Michael Card on the night before the concert. There will be advertising benefits. There will be mentions from the Bema, the concert stage, as to the people who are there who are advertising sponsors. So please, if you know anybody who owns a business or would like to sponsor this event, please see me. We'll have all the sponsorship levels and the, um, uh, the perks for each sponsorship ready uh, very soon. as far as the uses of the funds, we wanted you to know exactly what they go for. $400,000 goes towards site work, utilities, and parking. By the way, all of these plans have not only been drawn up, but we will have permits before the end of the year. The reconstruction itself is $1.5 million, which is very, very reasonable for a 10,000 square foot building. Oh, by the way, if yours truly, Moses Rabbi Dennis, has to tell you enough, that means we have enough to build a 12,000 square foot building. We have a contingency reserve built in of $100,000. Furniture and fixtures, $150,000. Construction interest in financing, $50,000 building permits, $50,000, of which almost half have already been paid. This has been fought out. This has been prayed over. We have counted the cost. And when it comes to pass, we'll give God the glory for it. Amen. Amen. So what are you being asked to do? First and foremost, make prayer your priority. Pray by yourself and with others. Pray that God will continue to use people and ministries of this congregation to impact others. Pray that this capital fundraising campaign and everything we do during it will continue to be consistent with God's will for our life and for Son of David congregation. And pray for boldness and great faith. Ask yourself this question. What? Bold and wonderful thing would I do for you, Lord, if I knew you would not let it fail. Pray earnestly that God would reveal what would be an offering that is pleasing and acceptable in His sight. And when the time comes to give, step forward and take part. Step forward and take part. Be bold. Have faith that when you make your commitment, God will provide. On Commitment Saturday, which will be November 17, we are asking every household to bring two things. First, an initial offering from how God has already blessed you. And second, a commitment card indicating your intended level of financial support over the next three years. Now, in your packet, you'll see a small thing. looks like this. It says, my faith commitment. Will you take that out, please? Yes. Okay. And please look at this side the one with the logo 2 Corinthians 9, 7 and 8 each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things at all times having all that you need you will abound in every good work this, by the way, is a schedule that will show you exactly what your pledge will amount to. Suppose you pledge an extra $10 a week. Well, that turns into $520 annually, or $1,560 over the three years that this pledge goes for. Suppose you can afford to pledge an additional $100 a week. That turns into $15,000 and who knows, there may be one or two here who can afford to pledge $1,000 a week. That's $156,000. This can be done. And this card will be turned in, filled out by every household, and on the back, you can see how it looks. Knowing that God can do more than we imagine, in faith, I, we, intend to give One of the Eye campaign over and above my or our regular offerings. And now it talks about giving accordingly the initial sacrificial gift. That's the first line. And then either weekly, monthly, annually, or other, how much you're willing to give over a three-year period. Or you may have an asset that you would like to give. That is, is uh, um, acceptable as well. We will collect these cards on Saturday, November 17. I would ask that you keep this card by your bedside and pray over your commitment each and every day until November 17th. How much did you give over three years? A lot. Oh, wait, wait that's not a here.
1: <laughs>
0: While we cannot all give the same amount, we are called to sacrifice together and equally. It's about equal sacrifice, not equal gifts. Your participation at any level will help change lives. Our gifts will help other people. Just those who gave in faith in times past have helped us. All gifts are welcome, regardless of size, recognizing that for some, a smaller gift may represent a portion of their income that is equal to a much larger gift by another. Over the next, over the course of three years after our initial offering. A household may choose to make commitments that are weekly, biweekly, monthly, or even annually. However, the greatest good to the congregation and ease of fulfillment on your part will come from weekly or no less less than monthly uh, commitments. There's also a trifold. It looks like this. It calls determining my contribution. What should I give? I wonder if you can open this up with me. There are four biblical principles of free will giving that are mentioned in this particular trifold. And then if you turn um, to the uh, five, I'm sorry. Um, And then if you turn all the way to the back, I want you to realize that these are the things we know to be true. God's provision is not lacking. God's vision gets God's provision. God provides an abundance for every good work. Giving is an act of faith which draws us closer to God. God's abundance is manifested through the proper stewardship of his people. And finally, we need to seek God's will for giving that will be pleasing and acceptable to him. You'll also find another trifold. It's called How to Make Your Pledge Commitment, the Gift Profile Guide. I just want to point out a couple things here. Number one, on the inside in the center column, these are verses to read and to pray about uh, regarding giving. All the way on the right, it says the giving period October 2018 through October 2021. We have three different goals. Our victory goal is to raise $337,500. That is about one and a half times our annual budget. But there's a challenge goal, and that's what we're asking you to reach. The victory goal is what all the consultants say we should reach. The challenge goal is what sacrificial giving can reach. And that's $562,500. And then there's a praise goal of $750,000. Also, I want you to look all the way on the back, increasing your giving through sacrifice. I'm sure you've all heard this, so I'm going to tell you again. (laughs) Giving up just one fast food meal per week for a family of four saves well over $20 per week, or more than $1,040 per year. How many of you go out to fast food once a week? Starbucks. you're not being true. Starbucks. Come on. More than once. Starbucks, More than once. So here's a suggestion. I want you to yes, I do. make an envelope, and on the envelope, I want you to put capital fund, Son of David congregation. And every time you think of going to McDonald's, or Wendy's, or Popeye's, or wherever, Starbucks. instead of going and spending that 20 or $30, I want you to immediately take 20 or $30 and put it in that envelope.
1: Starbucks. Starbucks.
0: Putting off buying a new car would save a great deal of money. <laughs> Giving up one weekend getaway per year could easily free up $500 or more per
1: year. Instead of going
0: out for lunch for work, bring a bag lunch twice a week or more. This could easily save over $15 a week more than $780 a year. Studies indicate that the average American goes to the movies five times a year at an average cost of nearly $15 with snacks. For a family of four, giving up movies would free up $300 per year. Here's a good one for those of us who are looking to keep our figures beauteous. Skip the candy bar and soda at the gas station (laughs) and save $2.75 a week for over $143 a year. Trim your cable or satellite TV package. And lastly, the average household grocery bill for a family of four is between $770 and $950 per month. Clip those
1: coupons
0: (laughs) and shop those sales that trim 10% out of the budget and save over $1,000 per year. Implementing just one half of these lifestyle sacrifices would free over $400 a month for the kingdom without any impact on your household budget. Please turn to the back page of the handout. I guarantee you the sanctuary is going to look prettier than this. Instead of that plain wooden door, imagine a beautiful, ornate park that would make any Jewish person feel at home. The believer's life is not a game of high stakes poker. There are times, however, when God calls us to look at our lives to look at our friends and neighbors in light of eternity and ask ourselves a question, am I all in? Yeshua's words and message were crystal clear. For clear, where your treasure is, that is where your heart is also. In this season of testing our hearts, there are questions that we each must ask and answer. Do I believe that children matter? Do I believe that my friends, neighbors, and co-workers matter? Do people matter enough for me to partner with God as we seek to fulfill his mission and his calling upon the congregation of which I am an a part? Am I willing to examine my life, my lifestyle, and offer back to him what he has provided? Is my treasure more valuable than fulfilling his mission and making an eternal difference in the lives of the people I care about? Am I all in you? There's one other thing in that packet that I want to show you, and that is a bookmark for your Bibles. Yeah. We spared no expense in laminating these, <laughs> so that you can use them for so something I'm about to introduce. And if you could please pass out the 36-day
1: devotional book Yeah, I, I, handed them out I do want to let you know hey, while hi? these are being
0: passed out that the accounting team, our treasurer, and our bookkeeping software is set up so that anything that's given to the the building fund will not be used for anything other than the building.
5: Say that again? Period.
0: The monies that are given for the initial sacrificial offering, as well as the three-year pledges, they're accounted for specifically and separately, and they will not be used for anything other than the building of this messianic sanctuary for God's glory. That's very important. I want you to know that the money that you are going to be giving is protected and specifically designated to build a building and a house of prayer for all nations. This capital campaign is not just a campaign about raising money. It's also a campaign about doing biblical study. And what you have in front of you is a six-week devotional that's called Giving That Pleases God. Giving That Pleases God. The devotional starts today. What, he said? Yes. The devotional starts today. And so I want you to turn to page two. It says week one, days one to six, where it all comes from. Week one, days one to six where it all comes from. This is a six-week, six-days-a-week devotional study, which begins today when you go home. You didn't think I'd give you work, did you? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, each day is an opportunity to delve into God's word about what he says about sacrificial giving and giving that pleases him. The six weeks all have different topics. Week one is called Where It All Comes From. Week two, thought I had it here. That's all right. The
1: meaning of stewardship. meaning of
0: stewardship, and so on and so forth. And so as you go through these devotional studies day by day, and I'm really asking you to make the first sacrificial commitment. And that is that you will go through these devotionals day by day. On the Saturday after the first week, I'll be presenting a message on that week's topic so that you can relive in your mind what you have studied and looked over. I can share it from the BIMA with my um, perspective. And then after the Oneg Shabbat, Charlie and I will be leading a congregational interactive Bible study in the sanctuary to discuss both the week's devotionals and that Saturday's message. Does that make sense to everybody? Yes. 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 What time is
1: that going to be? Right after? No, no. not right after, after Oneg After or? the Oneg Shabbat so
0: is when the so congregational Bible study would be. This is in place of the men's 1:30. and the Bible's Bible studies 1:30? that we've normally done, which will probably start at 1.30, which is a normal time. 10.30 services. Um, 1230? I'm sorry. Ten thirty services?
1: Ten <laughs> <10:30 laughs> thirty services. That's when the little
0: hand is halfway between the ten and eleven and the big hand points down at the six. Ten thirty? Services?
1: If we aim for 10.15, then most of us will manage to be there by 10.30.
0: <laughs> or next on Shabbat as usual is at 12.30. And then um, at 1.30 we'll have the congregational Bible study. This will be a study that will impact your lives. Because it's not just about giving money. It's about giving them yourselves. It's about what we call financial stewardship. Does that sound familiar? I sold it to your congregation. (laughs) Financial stewardship, stewarding what God has given you to use for his glory. I, I encourage you this morning, today, before you leave this beautiful country club, that you commit not to me or to Charlie or Joseph or to the congregation. But you commit to God that you will go through these devotions each day. Now, some of you may say, but you know what? Sometimes I'm just too busy to go through devotions. Mm -hmm. To which I say, you're not too busy. As a matter of fact, your busy life demands that you spend time mm-hmm. in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. And this is a scripted way to do it. We've given you the roadmap. You don't have to invent it all your own. There will be no opening the Bible and going, OK, Lord, what do you want me to study today? I think you're running the bathroom. Which some people consider spiritual, I consider lazy. This is a guided study in giving that pleases God, most importantly, it will benefit each and every one of us that go through it. I can't wait to go through the first week a second time, as I've already gone through it once, because it's going to be a joy to prepare the message for you on Saturday morning, and then at the Congregational Bible Study at 1.30 to hear your reactions to the study with things that I didn't even think about. This will be for the next six weeks, ending on Saturday, November the 17th. And on Saturday, November the 17th, we will collect the commitment cards, uh, as I showed you a little bit earlier. Again, there is an initial commitment. How much you can sacrificially give right then and there, whether it's $100, $1,000, or $10,000, that's between you and the Lord. And then there's another section of how much you pledge to give over the next three years, over and above the tithe that you're currently giving. I will tell you that Tina and I have already talked about it. And at a minimum, we're going to be giving $100 per month, over and above the tithe that we're already giving. That's $3,600 toward that goal. And I ask all of you, each household, to pray sincerely about doing that. Uh, as well are there any questions about anything in the packet or any questions about the um, biblical devotional series
5: Um, it can be any amount $5 $10, $15 as well it's just between the person and the Lord
0: between the person and the Lord as we said before $5 to one person may be a lot more than $1,000 to another
1: right God can multiply any
0: questions have a lot? Yes. Uh, how about sponsorship? Um, is that included in how much you give for year? Is that over and beyond? I guess it's between a person and the Lord. And how can we find out uh, are you going to? Do you mean and the sponsorship it... for the concert? Yeah. That's separate from this giving campaign. It's part of the overall campaign to raise money, but the sponsorship is separate. We'll have special sponsorship sign-up forms. We'll have levels of sponsorship and all of that, and that should be done within the next two weeks at the very latest. Okay? There's a lot of people to thank, um, not just for this morning, uh, but for everything that's gone on uh, with this campaign, and I'm going to try to remember everybody, and if I don't, uh, please remind me. Um, Have everybody and this is in no that. particular order. I'd like to thank Irene, where are you? Who has helped edit. Irene has helped edit a lot of the written material uh, that you found in the campaign. Because while when I write it down, I think it's wonderful, it always needs a professional eye to look yeah. it over. So thank you very much for the time you spent. Where's Phyllis?
1: Okay. Phyllis, is, We're there are There she are. is, Phyllis.
0: Yeah. Do you know that this capital campaign has already been prayed for by over 10 people, and not just once,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that those 10 people have a schedule of prayer for the rest of the campaign? And did you know that I am going to ask you all if you are physically able to fast and pray tomorrow to begin this campaign on your own? So Phyllis, thank you, and of course, where's my N.C.? She filled in for Phyllis while Phyllis was away doing um, work in, uh, in Ghana. No, in uh, in Africa. Okay. So my N.C., thank you very much. Raise your hand. He's not here today but his better half is here, so Kristen raise your hand on behalf of Dan. Dan was the one who put together those wonderful testimonies, who filmed all the other testimonies. He was also in the balloon where the camera was when it pulled away from
1: yeah. You all are very
0: gullible. So I want to thank Dan as well. Please let him know uh, that we thank him. Um, Hillary, where's Hillary?
1: Right
0: there. If Hillary was a guy, her name would be Aaron or her. <laughs> Not H E R, but H U R. Okay. Um, she has stepped up to the plate uh, when the person who was overseeing the campaign left the congregation about six or so weeks ago. Um, she has taken up so much of the slack. Um, she has been the person who constantly sends me emails, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget, to which she says, I'm sorry to remind you, and then I respond, please keep reminding me. So, Hillary, thank you very much. And then there is radar.
1: Does
0: everybody know who radar is? Yay! Stand
1: up to you. Please.
0: Do you remember watching the movie, uh, the the video series, Mash?
1: Yes.
0: You know, remember how Radar always used to have the the clipboard in front of the Colonel to sign right when he was about to say, "Do you have that?" Yeah. That's why we called Judy Radar. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Judy, my personal thanks uh, for helping with everything. This has been a marathon for the last six weeks, and I want to tell you that I am not gifted at doing stuff like this.
1: She couldn't do it. Down.
0: I can teach, I can preach, I can mentor, I can counsel. I can't put together campaign packages, but God can. Amen. Amen. And if you think that you can't raise a million dollars over three years, God can. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. God can. God has, God
0: has and so we've gone over the six-week plan. Have I forgotten anybody? Amy. Dana, I'm so, sorry. I'm so sorry. I take you for I take you for granted. That's the problem. Did everybody everybody enjoy this kickoff brunch? Yes. Thank
1: you.
0: And and Carmen, I, I hate to say this, but we now have another songbird in our
1: family. <laughs> Amy, where are you?
0: while well, I'm talking about Amy, and then I talked a little bit about Hillary, and Kevin mentioned spiritual warfare. If you don't think there's been spiritual warfare against this congregation over the last couple months, then your eyes are closed, the blinds are shut, and you haven't turned the lights on. We have an elder's wife who has been struck. We have both other elders who have been struck with medical ailments, and just this past week, Hillary came down with bronchitis. Mm -hmm. And Amy, I don't know if you know about this, two nights ago was in the emergency room for vertigo that prevented her from even driving. Mm -hmm. But God is bigger than all of that. Mm Amen. And there's Charlie standing back there because he can't sit down. Do not let him pick up anything for you. Remind him he still has to rest. He's not allowed to exercise. And there were Amy and Hillary. Boy, did they bless you. Yeah. They blessed me. And here I am after back a minor back procedure and some major complications with a nasty infection. And here I am. And the air conditioning went out (laughs) at the congregation. And the ceiling dripped from the rain. And we are still here. And we are still a family. Amen. And let's not forget our dear sister, Janet, who has been struck also with a lot of spiritual uh, battles. Praise God that you're here. Praise God that you're here.
1: Here on
0: own. Um, you all know that she has Some major problems with her eyes That only God can cure at this point yes. Yes. And we need to pray For a miracle
1: Amen.
0: I do every day and I know there are others in this congregation that do every day. But there are eighty some people in this con- in this room right now. And I want you all to pray that God will do a miraculous healing in Janet's life. Boy will she give the
1: Lord.
0: <laughs> and give you the eye. You know what you mean? <laughs> so thank you also. Who, is there anyone else I forgot? Uh, Sapa. Huh?
5: Sapa. 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 Sapa.
0: Well, well, Safa, we don't thank her. We just make sure she takes care of the money. <laughs> no, she's something else. Boy, she had the Tzedakah box there at the picnic yesterday. She took it right over <laughs> to the office counted it all out. She gave me a little extra work this morning because all the stuff I had neatly put on the table in the dining room, she neatly put aside so they could count the money, but the money's more important than myself. I found it all. I
1: found it all. said so thank you very much.
0: And I also want to thank my wife, just for putting up with me. I don't mean that. I
1: don't
0: mean that as a joke.
1: This has been an incredibly stressful six
0: weeks for me. Incredibly stressful. I've lacked sleep. I've gotten depressed at least two times each week. I wonder why God was doing this to all my friends. I started eating too much as a medication for my depression. I'm tired of worn out. And I can get a little nasty can on
1: I? Just a little. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and she has put up with it all and encouraged me. So I want to publicly thank you. You know, the last thing on the agenda is call to action. I think we've already had that this morning, the Lord has not put a vision in your heart as to why the timing is right now for us to enter into this project for his glory and there's really nothing more that we can say if you're tired of attending baked kimchi baked <laughs> kimchi It used to be worse, by the way. They used to cook every Saturday morning. And instead of the waft of bagels and lox and cream cheese coming to the front door, the waft of kimchi would come to the front door. They've
1: been very good to us.
0: They are very good to us. But if you're tired of seeing Rastafari and Yeshua on the wall when we walk in. If you're tired of bathrooms that no matter how hard you clean them, never look clean or snow clean. If you're tired of sanctuaries that are hot in the summer and cold in the winter. If you want, as Kevin so eloquently said, a place that is relevant and culturally appealing the non-believing Jewish population of Montgomery County Prince George's County Howard County Washington D.C. and beyond if that's what you want the time is now Amen. and that's what this morning has all been about and so I ask you to spend time with your Heavenly Father just as Tina and I will spend time with our Heavenly Father. You know, we live month to month. Anybody else here live month to month? (laughs) In the last four weeks, we've put aside already $1,000. Why can't you? In the last four months, we've talked about our designated additional offering over the next three years. As of now, it's $100. Who knows what it may be on November 17th? Why can't you? And if you know other people who share your burden for the Jewish people, invite them to be a part, too. Let them be a part of bringing God's glory through Son of David to unsaved Jewish people and others. For the gospel is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes to the Jew first and also the Gentiles. By the way, it doesn't say for the Jew first and then to the Gentile. It's and also. And also. That's why we're going to be a house of prayer for all nations. Okay? Amen. Amen. So um, I'm about to fulfill one of two promises. The first one that I didn't fulfill. We didn't start at 11 o'clock. We started at 11.10. Yeah. But I promised we'd finish at 2. It's 2 o'clock.
1: Yeah. So would
0: you stand as I close the eyes? And I wonder if you would all gather in your hands. I don't know if you've ever taken the time to notice but when we say Avinu it's our father mm-hmm. and our king mm-hmm. Jewish prayer is never individualistic, it's always communal mm-hmm. our father our king who art in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth and in son of david congregation as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us and protect us from the evil one for yours is the power and the kingdom and the glory forever and ever. Uh-huh. Amen. Drive safely, and thank you for coming.
5: Dennis, do you have enough of these for the people that are here?
1: So she's got Kevin now.